so scary we almost started without actually recording i meant just in time for you to hear me crack open my bubbly <laughs> oh well that's way more fun yeah um how are you oh pretty good i'm uh probably the unhealthiest i've ever been <laughs> julia how dare you call taco bell unhealthy <laughs> I will not hear it. <laughs> oh, yeah, and Taco Bell also. I was thinking of a couple of other things. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so the with the stress of moving, I haven't been to the gym in, like, at least two months. <laughs> oh, fair. Listen, I attempted to be a part of a gym and have just recently canceled my membership because the realistic me came out and was like, nah. You're just yeah. not doing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I might do that, too, because I loved my gym when it was, like, a block from my house, but now it's, like, 25 minutes from my house. <laughs> All right. You've got a new location. So, I mean, I can, I'm, like, trying to make it work, but it's, like, my plans for making it work are very ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love those plans that are, like, way highfalutin and somehow you convince yourself, like, oh, yeah, of course I'm going to, like, definitely do that and, like, get my shit together and run for president. It's like, what are you? I mean, I don't know. I never do. <laughs> yeah. Well, my my plan so far is, like, there's, there's two days a week where they have a yoga class at 7.15 in the morning, which is, oh, like... It's so early, but honestly, their other morning classes are at, like, 5.45 a.m. because they're, like, biking classes, so they're for crazy people. <laughs> you know what, though? Here's the thing. I don't like the comparison of being, like, 7 a.m. is actually late compared to 5 a.m. Sure, 5 a.m. is late compared to 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like a 7 a.m. one is perfect because it's, it's 7.15 and it's an hour-long class, so it would bring me to 8.15, which gives me, like, just enough time to sh shower and sit in their sauna for a little bit before I have to go to work. <laughs> oh, that does sound really nice, though. I know. Doesn't that sound nice, especially in the wintertime when it's going to be, like, so freaking cold? And also, I have to pay for water in this apartment, which I've never done before, so I oh. kind of want to, like, shower at the gym now. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't sound too ambitious. I mean, I'm mostly just... Right? A lazy bum and can't get up early. Otherwise, yeah. that sounds e easy. I mean, it's not easy. Fun. It sounds doable. <laughs> it sounds doable. And it's just two days a week. And then, like, maybe on, like, a Saturday, I could go at my leisure whenever I want. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, hang on. Hang in there, Jules. Don't cancel it yet. Don't follow my lazy <laughs> example. <laughs> I know. And it's actually a really nice gym. And it's a women's only gym, which I think it's, like, the only women's only gym in Baltimore. Oh, that's so, like. Cool. That's also very nice because it's very low stakes going in there. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty great, which I enjoy a lot. Man, you're making me miss my uh, YMCA membership where I used to go and just listen to all the old, uh, old older gentlemen uh, regale each other with their recent health issues. <laughs> um, well, at least you're not unhealthy enough to have a zombie cat in your house. Although, like I have no time, cats in my house. Oh, you have no cats in your house. Are they back at home from, from the move? They're, yeah, well, I'm going to Canada next weekend. So. What? I didn't even know that. I am. I'm going to Calgary for a little for a little weekend away in the winterlands. Oh my god, cool. Is that for work or just for fun? No, just for fun. How did I not know this? Did you just decide this? I mean, I decided it very, not just, but like pretty recently. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Nice. So when will you be gone? Um, the 8th through the 11th. Oh, cool. And then I took the 12th off also because I was like, I don't work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair. <laughs> so it'll be a nice little five-day weekend for me, which I'm excited about. Oh, my God. I'm actually going internationally this month, too. I'm going to New Zealand for my friend's wedding. Oh, yeah. Nice. Which I still cannot believe is actually happening. Yeah, that's over Thanksgiving weekend? Yeah, since they don't... I might be wrong about this, but they don't celebrate um, Thanksgiving there. She thought that would be a good, like, kind of an easy time, easier time for people to, like, have more time off to travel. Yeah. Because she had a lot of people, like, traveling in for it. Yeah. And a bunch of us were just like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. we'll totally do that. Sure, why not? I know. Nice. That'll be fun. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it hasn't quite hit me that I'm going that far. I feel like I'm going to get on the plane and be like, I'm going to be on the plane for the rest of my life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Technically, it's going to be about the same distance or the same amount hours-wise as it was for me to go meet you in uh, Barcelona last year. Oh, yeah. But you know what? I bet, well, it depends on the airline because you took like a lower price airline to Spain, right? I did, but it's also, it's, you know, so many extra hours coming from the West Coast, which I always mm-hmm. forget because I've only ever flown to Europe from the East Coast before. Yeah, for sure. And like that one probably wasn't as nice of a flight, although I think. If I'm remembering correctly, you just took like an overnight flight, so maybe it wasn't that bad. But if you're flying in like an actual airline to New Zealand, those like long international flights are so cushy. Well, they're not so cushy, but they're like so nice compared to domestic flights because you get the like free beer and wine and you have the like little movie screen and they serve like actual food. Oh, one can only hope. We'll see. Who knows what I actually ended up buying because <laughs> it could easily still be whatever budget, whatever. I know. They're be. so tricky these days. You can never tell what you're actually going to get. I know. Oh, man. I really do keep like flashing to the book that I know we're about to talk about because now I'm thinking about Ellie getting on the plane and having her nightmare on the plane. Oh, did she have her nightmare on the plane in this chapter? Yeah. Did she? Oh, yeah, in this, sorry, in this section, not in this, like, first chapter, but yeah, everything relates to the book. I think you read one more chapter than I did. 
Oh no, did I? I read up to, I read up to 45. Oh, well, I think I did too. Now I can't remember. I also, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, maybe I just don't remember what happened in this section because I did I did like skim ahead in the next section a little bit in the next oh, did you the chapter after this because I was like very stressed out <laughs> well you even got some spoilers how are you still stressed I out did, because I'm, <laughs> I'm reading it now it's different than reading the synopsis <laughs> Oh my god, I feel like you're just stressing yourself out. I'm not going to say I'm not super depressed reading this book right now, I, but... It is very depressing. But I also, like, I mean, you, you like, know shit is about to hit the fan. Yeah. Like, hardcore. And I did, like, not to give too many spoilers away, but I did start reading, like, the next chapter after this section. And they, like, switch perspectives. Oh, shit. A number of times. And so it's to like... To who? To what? To church? It better be church. No, no, to like Ellie and Rachel. <gasps> and oh, then, interesting. And then back and then like back. So it like very much draws it out, I think. And so I, I feel like yeah. it's gonna like what we know is gonna happen is going to not happen as soon as we think it's gonna happen. It's gonna be oh. long and drawn out and from like multiple people's perspectives and it's gonna be one of those things where like oh. everyone's trying to stop him and like it's all going in slow motion and then shit hits the fan like at the very last minute it's gonna be like the last five chapters. I just know it. The last like fifty pages are just gonna like go up in flames. <laughs> also welcome to paranormal captivity where everything is on fire and we're reading a horror book and we can't wait to get back to cozy mysteries because we're terrified. <laughs> I honestly, this section was so funny because I think so far I've enjoyed the last episode, our last episode the most, because that was like such a sweet spot of like creepy and like foreshadowy, but also not like this section was, I, I get it now. Like I get how fucking bleak everyone's been saying this book is because, yeah. and like you can kind of feel that it's going to go that way, but it's almost like you're still too entwined in like the fun creepiness of Halloween. And like, you're mm-hmm. not yet like walking into some terrifying horror movie where everything just is like, Oh, this is too much. I don't know why I'm here. I want to go back to Hocus Pocus and Practical Magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because up until now we've just had kind of like, a bumbly zombie cat that we're like, that's fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like, obviously because we are relating more to the zombie cat than to the people, it's been a little bit easier for us. I think just in terms of like the horror of it. Cause I definitely see in this section, how the horror builds and how all of last section was basically about be, like, it's about to get <laughs> yeah. very real. <laughs> it really is. It's like, Lewis has, like, truly lost his mind at this point. Like, you can kind of feel it, like, both in the last section and the beginning of this section. Like, he, like, kind of starts to, like, he's still making sense, but not necessarily making good choices. Yeah. (laughs) He's, like, only kind of making sense, though. He's, like, at the point where he could easily, like, shut it down and be like, no, I'm going to be a normal person for the rest of my life but he's like talking himself into bad decisions that are then going to drive him mad (laughs) which I totally get because I am 100% that person that like 
probably later tonight, I'm going to convince myself to get new Joy-Con colored controllers for my Switch, even though I don't need them and they're $80. Like, I'm the person that can, like, definitely, you know, justify anything. But I would like to think if I had a child, if that child died, if I was in mourning, I wouldn't bury it in the Micmac burying ground where... (laughs) He that child is not going to come back as any semblance of himself. Yeah, he even got a story. I mean, we should probably start talking about the actual book, but like, yeah, this is just our general rant session per yeah. usual. <laughs> he he even got some like pretty strong warnings and like pretty pretty like dire circumstances. Cause like I also do that like I ate an entire bag of Halloween candy that I didn't give out with <laughs> trick-or-treaters because I was like oh, why not <laughs> healthy choices but I, 2020 healthy choices. <laughs> but I would like to think that like getting a little bit of a sugar high is like you know that's a poor decision but not that dire I would like to think that if someone gave me a bag of candy and was like you will die if you eat this <laughs> that I wouldn't eat it <laughs> Right. Yeah. If someone, yeah, that's true. And if someone else is so involved in that decision to the point where he comes over after your son's internment and is like, hey, I know what you're fucking thinking. Don't fucking do it. it. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Here's why. Here's a very good reason why. Yeah, exactly. Here's a firsthand reason why. And like, yeah. Oh my God. You're right. We should probably go into talking about it because I could rant about this section for (laughs) 1,000 years. So we read, um, oh, we are still reading Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. Um, <laughs> because per our last episode, um, per our previous email, we have extended Halloween until at least November 15th. You heard it here yeah, first. For sure. And then we promise we'll move on. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely move back to the cozies after this because we need a break from real books, as yeah. I believe you said. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I also really do miss Coco and Yum Yum, although I love this fucking zombie cat, although I'm about to hate this fucking zombie child, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. And I feel like because of the zombie child, he's going to like, I don't know, I feel like things are going to happen with both of them. Yes, agreed. Yeah, I I have theories, and I don't know... I don't know exactly how many people are going to survive this book, but I (laughs) have a sense that it may be less than I'm even thinking. (laughs) Unless that person lives on in some, like, dire remorse for the rest of their lives. Like, I can't imagine this ends in any happy sort of, like, we get past it sort of way. No, for sure. It's not going to do that. Um, so we read, what sections did we read this time? We Or chapters did we read? We read, Um, was it 33 or 45? That sounds right. Right? Yeah. I think so. Yes. Also, sorry, side note. Can you hear John watching stuff in the background? No. Okay, good. It's just like a weird, like, Gone with the Wind-style music that's <laughs> happening. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. We can have a soundtrack. That's true. Of all the things that could be playing in the background, aside from, like, horror movies that we've been watching for straight <laughs> 30 days, it's... That's kind of not a not a terrible terrible background. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So we read. Yeah, it was around chapter thirty three through. Definitely, at the, we finished right before forty five. Unless you're Julia and you did a little peeking into the next <laughs> section because you're stressed peeking. out. <laughs> I did so much peeking. Oof. So we like literally the start of this section. 
was gauge dying, right? Yeah, I think there was like a chapter or chapter and a half-ish beforehand where it's just kind of like them living a normal life and being happy and like flying kites and all that. Oh, yeah. right, because I think I even posted on uh, on Instagram, there was the beginning of one, like, I think it was the be- actual, I, like, sat down to read, it was the beginning of the section that we were reading, and literally, like, the first sentence was, like, uh, Lewis Creed marked this day as the official last day, like, the end of his happiness for the rest of his life, or, like, well, however it phrased yeah. it, and I was like, well, here we go, well, here we go, well, there's go. that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they have, like, a, yeah, him and Gage have, like, by themselves have, like, a really lovely afternoon flying a kite together, and it's, like, really poignant and really, like, lovely for both of them, and then at the fucking end, I even called this, too, as I was reading, although I can't corroborate that, there were no witnesses, Um, as I was reading that section, I was, like, thinking back to Norma Crandall and how they, uh, Stephen King had put in that little line that was, like, um, even though she only had a few months left or like in nine weeks, she would, you know, die of a cerebral accident. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just thinking about that. And then he fucking did it again at the end of this like beautiful scene. I guess now we know not to trust like beautiful, happy scenes from Stephen <laughs> King, because at the end of that scene, it really does just in one sentence say, and then within two months, Gage would be dead or something. Or he only had two months left to live or something like that. Yeah. I I must skim too fast for <laughs> for both of those things. I don't remember either of them happening, but I do remember thinking during that section, we're getting a lot of gauge here. I yeah. think it's about time. <laughs> it is funny like, too. This You're is right. The lead in because we've never spent this much time with gauge before. Yes, correct. And like it's only barely a passing, like a passing, like happenstance of seeing gauge normally. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it really is, like, a little this too is... lingery, a little too happy. Yeah, this is also, like, kind of a jump, I think, in time. Like, I think it was, like, I, I can't remember where they started, but I feel like I remember at some point there was a jump, and it was, like, and Ellie turned six, and Gage is now, like, three. Or, you know, like, he was, like, talking at this point and, like, walking. Oh, yeah. You know, so I think... There was like a little, maybe like a six month jump. So we're like, they're a little bit older, not that much older, but like time has passed. Yeah, that is true because some of the last scenes that we get are with, you know, around Norma Crandall's funeral. um, And then, uh, you know, the few things that happen after that. But that was, that was around January, February. And so Engage dies in May. So it is like, yeah, at least, you know, whatever that is, three, four months later. Yeah. But yeah. The, the I, I think the, I mean, we don't really get the death scene until we already know Gage is dead. So I feel like that might also, be, I mean, this is the only Stephen King book I've ever read. So Me too, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't really know his style, but I, I will say it's not like one of the like I was expecting coming in that you know like with church we would get this like long drawn out like oh no I let the cat out like oh there he goes like oh let's stop him and then you know like the horror of like watching it unfold yeah that's that's not his style of horror it seems because we get the like this bad thing happened and then you kind of rewind 
mm-hmm. and see it happen but you like you already know the end so it's not it's just like you hear it's like hearing a, a story without the like suspense of like wondering whether it's going to end in tragedy because you already know it ended in tragedy it's true but he does I find his style of horror you're right like he does do a lot with like storytelling and time and like mm-hmm. I find the way that he writes it almost a little bit like more horrific in my mind because right I feel like it's like that thing of like what you expect versus what you get almost and like how he plays with like oh you expect like it's almost like he knows that we expect to see things like you know things to kind of go linearly and like to get a scene and to see you know this horrific demise that we like just can feel is coming Mm -hmm. um but so yeah instead of getting it like that we get it in the way of like it's almost like the next chapter is Gage's funeral and we don't fully know what happens to him and then the little pieces are drawn out and then we get hit with like remember that fucking scene that he so Lewis is like standing at one of the either like the viewing or the the funeral itself or some I think it's just the viewing Mm -hmm. and um that woman who has what has babysat for the kids a little bit here and there comes up to Lewis and she's one of the first people we see like give Lewis condolences and she you know just in the way that no one really knows what to say to someone especially after the horrific way we find out that Gage died so she's trying to say just like you know any quote-unquote right thing which like there's not really a right thing it's like you just have to be there and stumble through it but she was like at least he didn't suffer and that was that kind of triggered Lewis then to be like, oh, yes, of course he didn't suffer because he was hit by a truck and dragged 100 yards. And like, that's when you go like actually go into the scene and get to see the full thing. So you do see it. You just don't see it when you expect to. And so like that almost yeah. hit me harder of like, oh, my God, you're already in this like bleak fucking place where he's at the funeral. Rachel is like fully losing her mind because of her like all of the issues she has surrounding death mm-hmm. and like it's just you, you're already like set in the context of the wreckage of everyone and then then you see the scene and you're like oh fucking hell this is just the worst yeah I mean it, it was a very horrific scene and it did line up with I don't know if you remember a month ago when we recorded the first episode <laughs> Only of, of this, but it, it did line up with Stephen King's um, author's note at the beginning. Oh, you know, I was thinking of that the whole time, and I actually told John about that at one point, and he was like, "Oh, I wish you didn't know that." <laughs> I was oh, like, that I'm glad I do. Oh, that um, he had that story of his own son. Yeah. Yeah, because that definitely was one of the clues. It's funny, we get clues yeah. in this, but, like, not in the, like, Quillerin, like, who murdered someone way, but it's, like, the clues to, like, what horror is around the bend way. Yeah, the the <laughs> clues. Yeah. You know, if they didn't want people to know that, they should have put the author's note in the back. <laughs> right. Yeah, I kind of thought that, too, because that I think that was my argument at the beginning when you were like, oh, do you want to know this? And I was like, well, I, for one, I also don't really care a ton about spoilers but Mm -hmm. I also was like yeah if it's at the beginning like I don't see why we wouldn't be able to know it yeah but I mean I guess at this point it's it's not like a new book you know that's true (laughs) maybe this was like a (laughs) 
maybe this was a, a re like I don't know I actually don't know what version I have to like tell you the year that it was printed but maybe that was something that was added later and it was like after the movie came out or something and they were like meh everyone knows <laughs> everyone true. knows the plot of this book now that's true and I also do have a copy that has a gray cat on the cover which I'm pretty sure church is orange right in the actual book Oh, that's a good question. He was definitely gray in the movie. That's what make, makes me think maybe I have a movie copy as opposed to a um a book like an a you know book book copy. Yeah, yeah. I guess I haven't really been picturing Church that clear. I guess I'm picturing him kind of like like a light gray, like a striped. Yeah, I guess I could see that, but I've definitely been picturing him like a big orange. Big like a Leo, like a Leo. Oh, Leo, <laughs> Leo. What a good yeah. boy. Leo yeah. is our uh, our niece's cat. Yeah, I saw the other day. This is such a that has nothing to do with anything. But I saw a like Tumblr post um, the other day that was like completely dedicated to just like really dumb orange cats. <laughs> <laughs> It was just everyone posting stories about, like, their orange tabby cats and how dumb they are. (laughs) Aww. I was like, (laughs) moe. Shout out to the orange tabbies. (laughs) Shout out to the orange dummies. (laughs) (laughs) Aww. Um, Yeah, so I guess despite whatever color uh, (laughs) churches and whatever uh we still side with him so it doesn't matter (laughs) we definitely still side with him we don't see much of him this section because everyone's too busy mourning and yeah not at all plotting the resurrection of their child but Mm -hmm. that is neither here nor there you know what we did see him at the very beginning of this section i know (laughs) i think for like the like a split second he and this was like a little bit foreshadowy too i think yeah, he was. Right. Yeah, he was. Um, Lewis was putting Gage to bed before the tragedy struck, and so he was like over the like looking over the crib and being like, "Mom, look at him. He's sleeping. Like what old guy." And yeah. then he looks over, and Church is just like looming in the closet, just like waiting and like watching. So I I kind of feel like that was a little bit of a like. Maybe he knew something was going to happen. He was, like, waiting for a zombie friend to, like, (laughs) (laughs) to become reanimated. I don't know. Go play with him. Yeah. I definitely think you're right. I mean, he did the, I think I said that last episode of uh, he at church was, you know, that was the one time he purred and was, you know, all cozied up on Lewis. The time Gage almost died when he was choking um last section and mm-hmm. and it goes hand in hand with what Judd has been saying all along about the um the Micmac burial ground which is that it has some kind of magical properties and magical hold on you even as, even aside from being able to raise bodies from the dead it also seems to like get its little fingers into your brain and like hold on in a way that and oh man should we I guess it's a little bit later, but Judd even has, we should talk about what Judd says about his responsibility in, in Gage's death too, because that part was crazy. And what happens to the driver of the truck? Yeah. So this is like, I feel like this is to be expected 
because I don't know if you remember this story. I remember this story very clearly. It was very scarring um, of the monkey hand. You know, I actually don't remember that. I heard that mentioned and was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I think I saw it as like in like elementary school or middle school or something like we went to go see like some plays somewhere and they did like, there was a story about, and I don't know, like the origins of the story or like it's a if it's like a famous author or if it's just like one of those like stories that you hear of like creepy things happening but yeah so the story's like I can't remember how this like family it's like a like a, a like a lower class family who like doesn't have a lot they're just kind of like scraping by but like generally pretty happy just like not doing well financially Mm -hmm. um they come across like this magical monkey hand that's like all dried and shriveled and gross and I think like some like fortune teller or something gives it to them I don't know and they're like well be careful what you wish for but like you get five wishes and so like the you like wish on like every finger I guess and like whatever you wish comes true yeah, that's like, vaguely familiar. But whatever you wish for, like, it comes true, but then, like, something really terrible happens, like, in response to that. So, like, I can't remember what they wish for, but, like, their lives just, like, spiral out of control, and, like, their son ends up dying, and then they oh, wish... God. Yeah, like, the at the father wishes for the son to come back to life, and, like, you here at least in the play that we watch like you never see the sun come back because the like they're like freaking out about it and the mom's like absolutely not like something even worse is gonna happen like I can't have this anymore and then you like hear the sun knocking on the door and it's like oh god you know it's gonna be like just absolutely terrible and the last wish is that she wishes for him to be dead again and it's just like tragedy all around oh god yeah so like with that in the back of my mind when Lewis brings church back I was like oh god this is gonna be so terrible (laughs) well some at one point I forget what point it is but it's in this section the monkey hand is mentioned like that it's just in reference to I don't know even what yeah well that's what it is (laughs) (laughs) well now I know now you know yeah that's crazy because yeah it is kind of this like it kind of becomes I guess it becomes bigger like last section is kind of like yeah, a little bit more contained and like you've only been a couple places and you know, seen a couple of things and in this section it really does. We also this is the the um a whole separate section of the book. This is part 2 called The Micmac Burying Ground. And so it really is it takes on a like kind of a different tone, I think. Like it really mm-hmm. shifts also to just like yeah, super bleak. Mm-hmm. Um Almost, yeah, right, it almost shifts immediately into Gage's death. We get a bunch of different, also similarly, like, non-linear go-rounds of Gage's funeral, Gage's viewing, although it's not an open coffin, because, unfortunately, he was hit by a truck and was the same truck that, or the same road with the truckers that, um, that church is hit by, and, mm-hmm. uh, the story as as it sort of starts to unfold from Lewis's perspective is that sort of like Julia described the author's note of um, Stephen King's 
experience as a father um, with his son. I guess his son was running and like, what, like tripped at the last minute and like could have fallen into the street, into traffic and fell backwards instead. And he was like, that was completely arbitrary. Like he could have tripped forward and be dead right now. Yeah. And I can't remember if Stephen King was like actually in like a dire circumstance, like hearing the traffic coming or if it was just kind of like a little, a little bit safer. Um, Yeah. It could have been like a quiet street. Nothing was happening, but yeah, this, this situation with Lewis, he like, it was kind of dire from the beginning. Like he knew that semi truck was coming, like as he was chasing Gage. Yeah. And Gage wasn't listening. And it was kind of like, a, I guess Gage had started playing this game, quote unquote, where he was just running away and like wouldn't listen if someone was calling for him. And I guess Lewis did at the last second, like scream, like scream enough at him that it was enough to cause him gauge to be like oh shit this isn't a game anymore and try to turn back but and you know it's interesting because I am kind of glad that I knew Stephen King's story because looking at it through that lens it definitely is kind of like you can see how it would be like an imagine an imaginative person after something like that happens to them in real life like Mm -hmm. all of this kind of plays out of like this was it seems like him processing that of like you know what would have happened if he had done this or that or this thing had happened and um you kind of see like all those variables along the way because it does even say that you know lewis is hoping that gage will trip and you know bloody his nose but like be in the ditch as opposed to like in the street where he Mm -hmm. hears the car the truck coming um and yet he does eventually like he's running after him he like goes through this last like millisecond a number of different times and ways where he lunges at gage and can just feel his fingers like grasping at his jacket and then the truck comes and hits gage and just his fingers are full of air like it's just it's pretty brutal mm-hmm. um it's like a little tricky because we do get a couple different versions of that quote-unquote because a little bit later I think it just it portrays grief really well um because I think it it goes through like you know some of Lewis's dreams like did that did that chapter a a little later really fuck you up when it was like oh none of this happened none of the funeral like none of this happened Gage is fine he grew up to be a swimmer like it's a full chapter it went through like it went through everything all over again, but just, like, if Lewis had been, like, a little bit faster or had, like, dove, a, like, a little bit farther and been able to, like, grab his full jacket, you know? And so it starts off the chapter as, like, oh, he was able to grab Gage back and, like, you know, Rachel was so relieved and, like, they, you know, like, laughed it off and, like, you know, cried a little bit, but like, you know, had more precautions from then on. And then it went through Gage's whole life as an alive person. Yeah. <laughs> as not the potential zombie he's about as to not, be. As <laughs> a crazed zombie toddler. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a very long drawn out section and it did go into like a lot of detail like Stephen King put a lot of thought and Lewis put a lot of thought into like what could have happened yeah and it did sound like um 
at some point it did sound like maybe it was like just a really vivid dream. Like maybe he wasn't even just imagining it, but maybe it was something that he would like kind of see nightly because then at the very end you see like, you know, Gage, you know, dated this like Catholic girl and converted to Catholicism, but didn't end up marrying her and like got a swimming scholarship and like he's in the Olympics and then at the very end, Lewis sees him on TV winning a medal for swimming. And then he turns and looks at Rachel and she just looks like absolutely horrified. And he turns back and it's someone else on TV now. And he just goes back to the road and sees Gage again. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that that was a very long, drawn out, like, mind fuck. For sure. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. But it was very well written. A well-written mindfuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, I feel like there was somewhere, like, another place where that happened, too. But maybe that was just towards the end when Lois was, like, truly losing his mind a little bit more. But mm-hmm. there was a lot of back and forth. There was a lot, too, um, at the viewing and the funeral and the internment. Um, like, a lot of different little things happened at those. Um, the biggest of, of that being that... Um, Rachel's dad, Irwin, and and Lewis get into an actual fist fight in which Irwin ends up knocking Gage's coffin down and like slightly open. Not like fully horrifyingly open, just like mm-hmm. enough for Lewis to like catch a little glimpse of his hand. Yeah. And I will say, as much as I don't like Lewis, I dislike Irwin even more. He's a total dick. Yes, correct. Like, is that, this, like a different that fight was like a thousand percent his fault. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. Lewis was actually trying to. Lewis was in like a weird like, for him even he was in kind of like a dumbfounded state. I think it maybe still was like a part of the shock of because this literally only happened a couple days ago. Like this viewing is happening very fast. Viewing and funeral is mm-hmm. happening very fast after Gage died, and um, yeah. So Lewis is is at the front greeting people. Rachel hasn't been able to. Rachel didn't even go to the viewing. Um, Steve, the PA from the physician's assistant from uh, Lewis's work at the university and Judd have been watching Rachel and she has just been so out of it. She apparently has been, you know, not even, yeah, drugged too. Yeah, definitely. And like, even on her own, like not really conscious of time and like kind of disassociating. And so she, they don't even really let her go to the viewing because they're like, I don't think you're capable of being around people right now. Yeah. And they, they like, but you see them like put her through little tests to make sure that she's like, you know, functioning and capable of being in front of people. And like a couple of times they're like, nope, you're staying home. And then like a couple of times she'll like successfully get dressed and they'll be like, okay, we'll wait this out and see. Right. Yeah, so she's very, she seems very non, non-functiony, very like, yeah. Yeah, and even, like, even more so than Lewis in kind of like a dazed state. Yeah, and it's, there are a number of different moments where you kind of hate Lewis even more because it's like, both his wife and his daughter clearly need him to engage with them in like even the smallest way. Like there's a moment where Rachel is like sobbing at a restaurant and Lewis won't even like put his hand on her. 
and like Judd is like glaring at him and Steve the PA is like what are you even doing like he's gotten a couple stern talkings too of like there's how how else are you going to get through this than like by connecting to the family you still have left mm-hmm. and he just like cannot do it um yeah although to be fair Rachel and Ellie are getting a lot of support from other people as well and Lewis is like kind of left to pick up the pieces on his own even though it's his son too that's true I yeah that is true that there is definitely an imbalance especially Lewis having been like that present and close to like physically seeing Gage mm-hmm. die like that like that's true the level of trauma that comes with that I cannot even fully yeah comprehend. and also the the level of like expectations that he should be the one to hold hold it together while everyone else is allowed to fall apart like I do there is a little bit of like Meh. I mean like he he needs some time and support too that he like might not be getting which is maybe why he went crazy enough to <laughs> that's true I mean, buy the but... shovel and spade and plan to dig up his son's <laughs> body to bury him in a pet cemetery it is true I would like to blame all of this on the patriarchy <laughs> <laughs> oh I do <laughs> I mean that's definitely true the level of responsibility that's put on him I do just think like, and obviously not to like go into anyone's grieving process. Cause I mean, it's totally true. Like he should not have had that level of pressure on him, but I wonder if it's like, cause you're right. Like Judd and Steve and everyone else and probably Rachel, although we don't see it necessarily from Rachel are expecting uh, Lewis to comfort them to like be strong for them. But it's also like, I think the reason it, it struck me as like another way that I kind of disliked Lewis was that it was like, he wasn't like, aside from any extra pressures, it was like, you don't need to be anything extra for these people. You just need to be with these people. And he was like removing, I think he started removing himself from them kind of early so that he could eventually, you know, and what he does end up doing is sending them, back to Chicago with Rachel's parents. Um, But I feel like he emotionally disconnects from them pretty early in this section in kind of an unhealthy way so that he can get into the headspace of deciding that he's going to bring Gage back. Yeah. I mean, that thought process doesn't happen until later, but it does. I mean, the thought might not have even taken hold if he had actually like worked to connect better with the people around him. Yeah, I think Judd even says that because at one point after the giant fist fight at the funeral, um, Judd comes over, they go home, um, Lewis decides to get rip roaring drunk. Oh, no, that's right before the funeral. So the the fight must have been at the viewing. Mm-hmm. And then he got super fucking drunk the night before the funeral. Mm-hmm. And Judd comes over that night as he's like, literally can't even stand anymore. Um, super fucking drunk and is like hey I know what you're thinking and Lewis is like kind of sassy to him and I think Judd even says something like this is not I mean aside from the whole story he ends up telling and the reasons that he shouldn't bring Gage back I think he also says something kind of akin to like you shouldn't focus on like not only don't think of this but like think of the family you still have Mm mm-hmm 
because maybe this is a good place too to say that like I think it's that night that we find out from Rachel or maybe it's a little bit later but I don't think it necessarily matters in the timeline um but we actually find out that so actually I think it is that night that Judd starts saying things like I could have killed your son and obviously Lewis is like what the fuck are you talking about and that's how Lewis segues into the story about a bot a a person, a body that was at, buried at the burial ground. And he, he kind of weaves it through this web of like, once you get in, once that place gets its hold on you, like not only will you find any excuse to go, but it also tends to kind of bring about this level of power that can, he kind of implies it has control over things. And then you get that confirmed a little bit later when Rachel is like, the guy, the driver of the um, of the truck that killed Gage tried to kill himself and then uh, also apparently had the the bit of testimony that um, he didn't know why, but something was like prep. He felt like a weird pressure to just floor it around that turn where as soon as it like went into the stretch where he ended up killing Gage. So it's kind of like left in a weird middle ground but you're also kind of left to think that like oh god did the like burial ground is it like kind of able to weirdly arrange events too because to like bring about more like people going into the cemetery or like more people play like pets anything going into the cemetery or I mean it's just it could also be just a balance like you bring something back from the dead something has to be taken in return Oh, that's true. I did also just watch, uh, I had never seen the Final Destination movies. Oh, yeah. I haven't either. They terrify me. Oh, they were. <laughs> the idea <there>. of them. <laughs> yes, 100%. I had no idea what they were. And so, of course, I agreed to watch them in 3D. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I really liked it. I We ended up watching just uh, five, which is hysterical because it's like the literally last movie in the series. Oh, is it? Um, and so we watched it and it, the whole premise of, I guess, the whole series is that um, a group of people will experience a, a near death incident. And then because those people were, quote unquote, supposed to die, they all start dying off throughout the move, the rest of the movies. Mm-hmm. And it's like that. Right. That same principle of like death couldn't have you at this point, but it's going to have you at another point. And then there's also <laughs> like the little twist of like you could kill someone else and like maybe that will like, if you kill someone else, then that person takes your spot or whatever. But ultimately, there's no fool in death. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But anyway, that was a long ramble of yeah, not on topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be that or it could just be like that that magical area that like something that like whatever entity is like controlling the the windy windigo magic just wants more bodies because I also kind of got the sense that like again I like breeze through these chapters so I could be wrong about this (laughs) because I skim so fast but like I I feel like the first time Lewis had that thought of like oh it totally was when he first had that thought of like bringing Gage back church was there and he heard 
like kind of a little like voice in the back of his head being like, why don't you bury Gage in the cemetery? Like, why oh, don't you really? Do- it was church? Yeah, because I think it was, well, I mean, obviously the cow wasn't talking to him, but I think that was the first kind of like spark of like, do you remember that scene where he saw church laying there and church was kind of eyeing him like are you gonna kick me again but he like ended up having that like kind of conversation with himself but like at church a little bit and I think there was a point during that like drunken half conversation where he first had that thought in the back of his head like you know what you could do yeah that's true no I think you're totally right because that's, and again, you get like another weird moment with Judd because you're right. I think that's right. That's right before Judd comes over and is like, mm-hmm. hey, I know what you're thinking. And like, even, even aside from like, he could obviously just, it doesn't, I don't think it takes much to think that Lewis could be thinking this given all of these circumstances. But you get another little like, We've seen another couple times where Lewis is like, I think Chad's reading my mind or, you know, and again, it's hard to know if Lewis is being uh, a little out of his mind or if Judd actually is capable of said magic <laughs> because <laughs> both apparently are possible in this we, world. Yeah, we don't know. Um, but yeah, so then Judd's story is pretty long, but pretty terrifying too. Um, it basically boils down to apparently he had lied to Lewis. So Lewis did actually ask him, when they buried church, if anyone has buried a body up there and Judd had said no. And I think we talked about it last episode of like Judd put, put some real emphasis on it and was like, no, Oh my gosh, you cannot even think about that. Like, don't even let your mind go there, blah, blah, blah. And so this time he's like, okay, there actually was someone buried up there. And Lewis is like, why the fuck did you lie to me? And Judd's like, you didn't need to know then you need to know now. And Mm -hmm. I think even that like Lewis uses as a point in his mind to be like, seems awfully convenient. He's bringing this up now. And it's like, you don't really know who to believe, but it's also like, I don't know that that's as suspicious as Lewis makes it sound like. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely not a positive story. So like it was not, I mean, in my opinion, it was not Judd being like, there is a possibility you could bring someone back. It was like him being like, this person brought their son back and it was the most horrific experience and they both literally went up in flames. Yes, literally, yeah. It basically, sound, to me, it sounded like Judd was, when Lewis asked, he was too caught off guard to like, not even caught off guard because Judd doesn't seem like he's ever caught off guard, but he was too like, I don't want to relive I that terrible moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why would we talk about it if we don't have to? Mm-hmm. Um, but now we have to talk about it. So. <laughs> Thanks, Lewis. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Lewis. <laughs> per usual, everything is your fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, that's exactly the summation of Judd's story is that, and it is remarkably detailed. It's, you know, a kid from from the town that has been drafted into was it it was one of the no he was drafted so it would have been vietnam maybe um yeah i don't remember what war it was yeah i guess they didn't necessarily a war yeah he goes to a war he dies um and is brought back on this like very also morbid like basically corpse train like all these bodies are in coffins in 
this one train and the train is just dropping them off at all these different places, which as a small side note, I was asking John about something else because there was a, a literal quote, I think, from The Shining in this at one point. It was like, all work and no play makes Jack oh, a uh-huh. boy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, John, is Stephen King referencing himself in this? <laughs> and John was like, oh. yeah, he was like, yeah, he actually does that a lot because one of the stops on the that the train is making is in Derry, which apparently is not a real town, but is the town from it. Oh, Terrible. Which that's uh, yes, agreed. <laughs> Terrible, yes. I don't like thinking about these things connected. That's no. another layer of horror that they're just as a murder clown running around while all yeah. of this is happening too. <laughs> right, but it does oh. kind of. I mean, it is kind of cool that he like created his own universe. Like, yeah, he definitely did. Like the Stephen King universe. Yeah, like the MCU, but the ST SKU. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, no, it is. It's like remarkably built out. It's very cool. But yeah, so this train is dropping off bodies. Um, the this the father receives the body, and is apparently is the only one that doesn't cry because he. And again, it's like you don't even get that. He's got a place. He's got a plan. He like don't even get the scene of it. You just get like Judd telling it from like his and the rest of the community's perspective because it's mm-hmm. like. They have the funeral, and then a couple of days later, everyone is, like, seeing him around. Which, which is, is like, yes, truly the worst. Um, apparently, a mail delivery person was like, I'm literally never delivering mail on this road again, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Yeah, um, I, mean, I wouldn't either, because it didn't nope. even sound like he was back in the sense of, like, oh, looks like he's back. He was back in the sense of, like the male person saw him and was like, I literally saw a ghost. Like that did not look like a person. Yeah. And everyone like, um, right. Exactly. Immediately knows this is not, this is not that person like immediately mm-hmm. has a feeling. And like, even from afar is like, Nope, that is unnatural. And I don't want any part of it in the yeah. same way that I know we've kind of been like making fun of church creeping Lewis out, but it is that same that same thing that Lewis has been like oh every time I see him my spine crawls or whatever and apparently it's it's that just like amplified 4,000 mm-hmm. percent because Judd makes the distinction I just remembered that like whereas he talks about how you know he's talked about before how pets just come back kind of kind of stupid kind of slow he says he's saying that this this kid this like normal just kind of whatever kid um, like fine, like acted like a normal human being when he was a human being, mm-hmm. um, came back and Judd kept saying like, he wasn't just vacant, like, like the pets that were buried there. He, there was something in there and he was like, I don't want to call it thinking, but it was definitely conscious of, Blah. oh God. And then he has this whole horrifying scene where like, him and like I think it's like four three or four other like local dudes go out and like basically confront the dad and the son happens to be there and the dad just like looks like a ghost himself because he is like fucking gaunt and not healthy in any way Mm -hmm. um and the son is there and the son immediately comes over and like basically in like the creepiest way possible starts telling them all their darkest secrets like 
darkest bad things about them, whatever mm-hmm. that yeah. was. Not something that I'm a fan of. <laughs> no. And also I was trying to think too, because I think this kid, like they were saying he was drafted. And I think at one point they said he was like, like really young. Like I think he was like 18 or 19 or something. Yeah. And like there are like kids are shits for sure. But it's also like funny thinking about, I mean, extra horrifying in the, if you can use funny for that uh, phrase um, to think about like a kid that young being like, your horrible wife is cheating on you and blah, blah, blah. Like all these like really nasty things. That's like, A, you wouldn't know and be like, Ugh. it just yeah. so slimy and awful. And ugh. yeah, so it was a terrible story. And <laughs> yeah. um, basically you come away with the sense that like this, like, you know, as animals come back kind of vacant, people come back with, like, something other than human in them. Yeah. Um, and the the very end of that story, which is the most horrifying part of it, it actually ends with the father, like, the the, ho- the whole house going up in flames. Um, and Oof. when they went to investigate it, um, they found that the, the dad had ended up killing, re-killing the son and then killing himself. And, and then lighting the whole house on fire. Well, lighting the whole house on fire and then killing himself because I don't Ugh. think the other way around is possible. Oh, right. No, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. But yeah, just terrible ending to the story. Like, horrible story all around. Should have been enough of a warning to Lewis. <laughs> but he was sitting there like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then here's where I'll get my shovel. Yep. Literally the whole time he's like, like listening, but also I think taking notes definitely on like, cause yeah, later, like it's well later in the chapter when you see him like going about his little plan. Cause we get a little tidbit of that before um, the end of the section, but yeah, he's definitely taking notes on like, Oh, okay. So he went to the cemetery and he, and how know, many days was that? Like, yes. Oh, God. So we hate Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Lewis, it is all your fault. Um, all his fault. He's yeah, terrible. he is terrible. Judd also made the distinction, too, of, like, I think another, like, little clue that Judd followed to be like, oh, God, Lewis is thinking about this, is that apparently there's a big difference between, like, the way that bodies can be buried and, like, there was, like, a what is it a grave liner versus like I forget what it's called like some kind of concrete filling which is what most graves get I guess I don't know I mean I think Judd was a little bit more privy to that because that wasn't didn't it say that his dad was a grave digger so he like kind of knew what was what was going on no that was actually Lewis's uncle was an undertaker and so that was even more of a condemnation because Judd knew it I think from just from life, but also from Norma having just been buried. Yeah. And Judd, Judd knew this about Lewis too. And was like, you picked the one where you could easily get back to that body. And you knew the difference because your uncle is an undertaker. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, it's like right after that, he doesn't even really have any other like logical, like he's already decided at this point, like that's, yeah, and you can Whoops. see the, I mean, you, like, know he's decided, but you can still see him, like, 
sort of trying to convince himself that he's like not decided but then like he totally is you know like you see the the like spiraling and kind of descent into like complete and total madness yeah you see that with him throwing pizza out the window perfectly good pizza also cold pizza's fine i know cold pizza's great Oh, cold pizza is great. I would love some cold pizza right now. He, yeah, so he basically the next, I think it's the next day, I think it's after the funeral. Um, he hasn't quite put everything into actual plan yet, but I think he's like, right, like you said, he's, he's like, working on it. he's still working on it, but he's like mostly decided. He tells Rachel he's going to go get some pizza and she's pretty suspicious because she's like, we literally just ate. And he's like, oh, I wasn't hungry then. I'm hungry now. And also and so- like, you just came from a funeral everyone and their mom is giving you food because that's the right of passage of funerals once you have one you get like 10 casseroles right yeah exactly and it even says yeah you're totally right that um like a number of the families even like there gave them things that would would reheat anytime like those things Mm -hmm. were in the fridge yeah um but instead he's like i'm gonna go out and get a pizza and then he like purposefully drives all the way to Bangor, Maine, which is like the next biggest city. And also conveniently where Gage is buried close to the Plainview Cemetery or Pleasant View or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And like, he just like, Oh yeah, of course it's the closest one. And of course the pizza is going to take 45 minutes. So of course I'm going to go into the graveyard and just stand like, like a zombie in front of my son's grave at like, after dark and Mm -hmm. and you can kind of see him like doing these things without thinking but then once he gets there he's like oh yeah like why wouldn't I keep going you know like he's not really thinking it through but he's also not really trying to stop himself yeah exactly I think that's when he has that like roundabout thought process of like like oh if there was only one bull like only one animal that got that turned mean and mm-hmm. we only know one story of one person getting buried like maybe that was the only mean maybe one the only mean one yeah and then like even he like keeps spiraling because later on even like at the very end of this section you get a glimpse of him being like if i stop right now i can have a perfectly happy life with my wife and my daughter and we will move on and like you know just continue the healing process and it will be like we'll be fine like we we will get through this yeah and then his little like the voice in the back of his head is like no because that would be like killing gage all over again oh i don't think i remember that he said that oh i think i vaguely remember that yeah yeah, it was like he's already thought through it so much. He like already considers Gage to be alive again because he's like already thought it through and already so convinced that it's going to happen that he's like if I don't do it now, it'll be like he'll be dying all over again cuz like in his mind he's already alive. Oh my god, I didn't even catch that. That's such a good point and such a creepy point cuz it's, it's like so creepy, I know. Oh god. Oh yeah, but oh my god, back to the RIP the pizza. <laughs> Yeah, poor, poor, poor pizza. pizza. <laughs> we're like, of course, we're like in this section. We don't really get the cat much, so we're siding with the pizza over the people. <laughs> I mean, we can't side with Lewis, so we gotta find someone to side with. <laughs> we have to side with the cold pizza instead. 
Oh my god. So yeah, he's driving back. He gets his pizza. And of course he's like fucking late because it's been like he's been standing in a graveyard unconsciously. Mm-hmm. Well, conscious, but like not thinking in the dark for, you know, who knows how long. So he gets to the pizza late. The pizza's cold. He says as he eats it, it doesn't taste good. So he throws it out the window and it's like, I object. <laughs> Damn it, Lewis. <laughs> Damn it, Lewis. He also even says, did you hear him try to convince us? Did you hear Lewis try to tell us <laughs> that he was not normally a litter bug? And it was like, you literally just threw an entire pizza and the cardboard box out the window. Right. <laughs> like, excuse me? <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> no one believes you, Lewis. You're full of lies. You are full of lies, you dirty liar. <laughs> Oh, he even says that about himself. It's so weird. It's so funny. Like, it's like I'm not keeps... usually a liar, but I'm getting yeah. pretty good at it. Oh, <laughs> Lewis. <laughs> Damn it, Lewis. Damn it, Lewis. You're killing us. Well, uh-huh. I mean, killing us, but bringing other people back. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. R.I.P. the pizza. <laughs> that I'm actually really hungry and want some right now. I um, know. That actually does sound pretty good. Right? Oh, I had the best cold veggie pizza on Halloween. It was so good. Ooh, yum. Oh. Um, okay, but yeah, after I, that... <laughs> just forewarning you, I'm coming downstairs. It's so creepy being in this house alone because it's like multi-levels. Oh, yeah, your new place. Yeah, this new place. So I'm coming downstairs looking for the other half of my costume so I can take a picture. <laughs> Wow, I'm getting a real behind-the-scenes look right now. Behind-the-scenes look. I'm just warning you, if I scream, it's because I'm, like, actually a little (laughs) bit terrified to be here by myself. (laughs) Okay, fair. I mean, it's on brand, so. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Do please keep us posted. (laughs) Yeah. I might even have to go into the basement right now, so you'll get a super sneak peek into me hating my life. (laughs) Oh, God, that sounds awful. Okay, well, I mean, I'd rather go into the basement while we're talking than going into the basement that's fair you know yeah i do think it's a fun little walkabout you're doing right now <laughs> i am doing a fun, fun little walkabout and i can't even find what i'm looking for where are my white shorts in the grave spoiler alert because i know you're not going to post this before i get this picture up i'm a pokeball today <laughs> oh also how dare you also you're right <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. Oh man. Um. um anyway. <laughs> oh, where were we? <laughs> where were we? Sorry, I just like totally derailed us. <laughs> oh, you derailed us like that corpse train. Oh man. Corpse train. Corpse train. Um. Um. Lewis throwing the pizza out the window. Oh yes. Okay. So I think that's we're actually coming into the home stretch here. I think we are coming into the home stretch. Yeah, because once he you know, goes through all that. He has, um, the epiphany that he can't do this while his family is still here. So he has to get rid of his family, Mm -hmm. which sounds very serial killer ish. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but really just means he's sending them to Chicago with her parents and like Rachel against her better judgment. Cause Rachel even says to like, no, we all need each other right now. Mm -hmm. We're not leaving you. She can definitely tell that something's up with him because yeah, she's like, why? What are you lying about? He's like, meow, meow, meow. I know. I just imagine his eyes twitching as he's saying like, Rachel, how dare? Like, I'm of course I'm not lying. Blah blah blah. Like his eye like 
twitching and she's like, uh-huh, okay, I gotta go. I'm gonna go. Yeah, you're definitely lying about something. Yeah. But I feel like she digs in on the wrong side. Like, I definitely would have dug in on the side of, I would be like, no, I'm not doing all this extra work to go to fucking Chicago with my terrible, like, her parents are, she doesn't really think they're that bad, but they're pretty terrible, her parents. Yeah, no, they are. They're pretty bad. And also her dad is like, I mean, granted, he just lost a grandson after, like, having a traumatizing experience about losing his own child. So he, like has kind of a right to lose it a little bit, but he's, like, very... He's, like, overboard losing it to the point of, like, being an asshole to other people who also have a right to lose it. Yes. No, correct. He's he's acting very entitled. Um, and, yeah, just, again, we even... We know from... He, in, he I guess he does apologize to Lewis, but it's also, like, he had to be drunk to even apologize to him is part of the thing, too, and, like... I don't know, just the whole idea that he was so dead set against and did such a terrible job of, like, getting Rachel any kind of help that she needed. Like, why are you taking a child that clearly needs not the same level, I don't think, of counseling and therapy that maybe Rachel needed because of the trauma that she endured, but, like, definitely needs some level of guidance and help. Like, Mm -hmm. someone who has that bad a track record, I don't know. It's a whole thing. I yeah anyway you're totally right and she I think she dug in on the wrong side I think I would have just been like no I'm not fucking doing that work I am just quietly gonna stay here and you can do whatever creepy ass shit you're gonna do because but I'm gonna be here for it and I don't know I guess if she had done that we wouldn't get the next fourth which I'm sure is going to be full of horrors (laughs) yes (laughs) yes Um, but yeah, I guess that is really kind of the end because then we get the last, oh, the last, like the creepiest bits are Ellie and Ellie's like her budding, like prophecy career, career as a professor Trelawney. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she has, um, something similar to when she was on the plane, or in Chicago the last time, on the plane the last time. I can't remember where she had the dream, but whenever Church died. And yeah. She had the the premonition or the feeling or whatever she had of Church being dead. Yeah, I think she actually dreamed it the night that it happened. Because when they come back, um, even in the airport, Rachel says, like, oh, my God, on Thanksgiving, she had the worst dream that Church got hit by a truck. And that's exactly what happened to him, exactly mm-hmm. when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, this time she's on the plane. And, like, we get this really creepy, like, apparently Ellie has, like, a new... She's had a dream. Rachel already knows that she's had a dream. She tells Lewis. So Lewis literally has every piece of information he needs to make the correct choices. And he just does that. <laughs> he just doesn't do it. Oh, because, yeah, even that night as he's like manipulating Rachel into going to her parents, Rachel is like, oh, by the way, one of the other reasons I think we should stay together is that Ellie is like super nervous that you are going to die because she had this dream um, that you died last night. And she like woke up screaming and like I went and slept with her for a little bit and then came back in here. Ah, yeah. So. You are not talking about the dream that I am talking about. (laughs) 
I'm glad. Oh you well, the next that. one. Sorry, the next one because she has that one first, and then she has the like extra creepy one on the plane. Oh, okay. So she did have one in another one in this section. Yeah, that was just the first one. That sorry, I think I told that in kind of a weird way because I realized that she had had that first one. And then I wanted to yell at Lewis again because he literally knew that too. It wasn't even like she was having a a vision and he didn't know about it. It's like, he's like actually been told that Ellie had a dream about him in which he died. And he, it like hits him too. You can kind of tell, but he continues. like, oh shit, but like not going to stop me. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, for some reason I thought that her next dream was on the next section, but maybe it's not, I don't know. You tell. (laughs) (laughs) it's like right I think it's right at the end of this section um she yeah so that there's like a whole he like literally that night so it all is like this really condensed timeline where it's the night after no it's the night of Gage's like actual they bury him um no no it's the next night or it's the same night I can't really tell but it's like one of the really like it's a night that something has happened Lewis has gone to the Pete the pizza, the internment, the next day, and then that night, that night. So it's the night after they buried him. Um, he, Rachel tells him that about Ellie. Um, he convinces Rachel to, at that moment, at night, call her parents and call, like, Delta or whatever to be like, you know, get just get a flight. Go to Chicago. You need to get out of here fast. And, like, I don't know. I think that's exactly where she was like, you're being really weird and you're lying about something. Um, so it was literally the next morning that like Ellie wakes up and they tell her, Hey, we're going to Chicago. Your dad's not coming. And she's of course like, well, in my mind, he's apparently going to die. So that's a terrible idea. But she's like really silent all morning and doesn't really say anything until they get to the airport. And then that's when she, her and Lewis go into a bookstore and she looks at him apparently with like a new creepy look in her eye and is like, don't go. And like, he even describes it as like she I know her tantrums like she wasn't having a tantrum I know her like sassiness it wasn't any of that it was like some new weird quality that she had like was starting to put on which I also thought was very creepy mm-hmm. um and she basically says like I don't want you to go I don't think you're gonna be okay I I don't want to go like either she's basically saying like we should all stay together she's either saying like you come with us to Chicago or I don't want to go like I want to stay here yeah. And again, is like, no, you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then, sorry, the vision on the plane is that she um, falls asleep on the plane and halfway between Maine and Chicago, she wakes up like just screaming bloody murder because she and she's like screaming things like, um, like, uh, oh, my God, Gage is alive. Gage is alive. Tell dad, tell like dad not to. I, I don't care. Let me see if I can find it. It's like right at the end. Oh, here it is. Yeah. It's Gage, mommy. It's Gage. It's Gage. Gage is alive. Gage has got the knife from daddy's bag. Don't let him get me. Don't let him get daddy. So she's literally, I think, telling us what's going to happen later. <laughs> yeah. Which is horrifying. Yes. Correct. Yeah. There is a little bit more in the next section. <sighs> Oh, why did you do this? Why did you skip ahead? I know. <laughs> I mean, I to- it's not like that much of a spoiler. I mean, it's not a spoiler at all. It doesn't like, but there was like a little bit more to her, um, her like dream and her vision. 
Oh. So I don't know if you want me to say it or if you want me to save it till next time because it it is a good like cliffhanger. I was gonna say we could cliffhanger it. Yeah. Um. So in in like it's in like the first couple of pages of the next section because I really didn't skim that far ahead. Oh, okay. Um. When she's like explaining the dream to Rachel. She was like, and like the like the man told me that like he's here to warn us. And Rachel's like, what man? She was like, Pascal. Oh, god damn it. Yeah, and Rachel's like, oh fuck. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, you are a child and you should you don't know these things. Yeah, you don't know that name. Like you shouldn't know who that is. So like We we know something's gonna go down because Pascal comes back. <laughs> Literally goodbye to us all. <laughs> yeah. Although she did say I did think it was really interesting. And again, this is in the first couple pages, so it's not that much of a cliffhanger. Uh-huh. I don't think Pascal is like the I mean, he's obviously not the bad guy because like we think Gage and Church are probably the bad guys. Um, well, mostly Gage because Church is just a dumb zombie cat. But you don't he's know. Our dumb zombie he's cat. our dumb zombie cat. <laughs> But, um, yeah, in, when Ellie was explaining it to Rachel, she was like, he said he can't intervene, but he's here to warn us. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, that so sounds a lot like, you know, he died at, like, maybe just the point where the, the, actually, didn't he die the day they went up to the pet cemetery? Um, I can't remember the timeline of that. Or maybe it was, like, the day after. Like, I wonder if it works in a way of, like, you know how they say that when people, or, like, when ghosts are, you know, stay on Earth, it's because they either have a violent death or they have unresolved business or it's both. And, like, I wonder if he died, he just, like, happened to die the same day all of this, like, weird spiritually, supernaturally type stuff is starting to happen. And as he was passing through, he had such a violent death, he was going to stay on earth anyway and maybe somehow that connected him to the things that were starting to stir up and he was like oh shit I can see all of this shit now and like I need to make this because he's also connected to Lewis in a way even though he like didn't really know that immediately yeah I don't know I kind of I guess I I took it as more of like like it wasn't Pascal that stuck around because he wasn't like he didn't have anything to do with the town like it wasn't him like maybe it was just a traumatic death that Lewis saw that like you know whatever was coming to warn him took that form because he knew that Lewis would connect with it oh so you think it's like a whole different entity that's trying to warn him yeah I just kind of assumed that it was maybe like the guardian of the pet cemetery because it's on his land now so it was like well here's the person that I need to warn because he's like the guardian of this like piece of property he's like the banks if you will of Hocus Pocus guarding the black flame candle yes (laughs) Pascal is the ghost of the the ghost cat guardian of (laughs) oh the ghost cat guardian the ghost cat guardian of the pet cemetery oh if only it were that cute. Yeah. As Banks was. Yeah. Well, oh my God. I feel like there was more. I think we spiraled again in some ways. Because I feel like there's more that maybe 
I forget, but I forget. <laughs> yeah, I think we at least hit all of the parts where reading through, we were probably both like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> What's uh, happening right now? <laughs> wait that? a minute. One more time? What did I just read? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, if we forget anything, we'll uh, we'll bring it up next time. Yeah. And uh, the next version of we're past Halloween, but still terrifying <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> We've committed and we're not giving up now. Oh, my God. <laughs> next week or next time we record, we'll have like the climax under our belts of Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Oh, I think you're right. I think like the last five pages maybe 10 are gonna be like the most horrifying of all all of these yeah for sure I think it's definitely gonna be like a long drawn out horror story at the very end who do you think is do you think do you think Lewis is gonna die do you think Gage is gonna re-die who do you think is doomed here (laughs) um well, I definitely think Gage has to re-die, right? You think so? Yeah, I mean, it can't. Well, <laughs> if there, if it's gonna be like any sort of wrap-up, I guess it could be one of those horror stories that's like, and now he lives in the woods, killing everything that right? comes I into mean, his path. You know, he could fight eternally with whatever guardian is there to lure people in to the cemetery. There could be a lot of twists here. Stephen King is... I wouldn't put it past him. Maybe he becomes the new Wendigo. Oh, God. Maybe that's the whole reason that they're trying to get bodies, like, through and resurrected from the burying ground. Because maybe that's why... Maybe that's how the Wendigo takes form. I don't know. I don't know the full uh, backstory of the Wendigo. But maybe in this world, that's how... Yeah. Well, according... According to the the 90s Charmed episode that I just watched, Wendigos become Wendigos when they when a Wendigo scratches you. <laughs> oh, that's right. No, I did know that. There's an and that's there's a great and that's why we drink episode about it. And I think no, they okay. did it on last podcast too. I've listened to enough content on this. You would think I would know a little bit more. About it. But you're right. I I do remember that now. Yeah. I also think like season one episode like two or three of Supernatural if you go like way the hell back into the beginning of Supernatural is also about a Wendigo so if you need (gasps) more information about Wendigos I mean obviously podcasts but Charmed and Supernatural if you want the like 90s and early 2000s version yes always (laughs) also do you know what I just realized there have been different mentions of the burial ground being touched by the Wendigo I wonder if that could, like, if you're resurrected from it, that could be kind of like the scratch, and that's how yeah. you become. Maybe it is the Wendigo that's in these people that are bar- buried and come back. Yeah. I'm going to try to, I'm going to call it now. I think, I think Gage doesn't necessarily die, and he's left in this, like, weird, looming, scary place of, like, what is he going to do to the rest of the world? And I think Lewis and maybe everyone else dies. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely yeah. Lewis, if not everyone else. I feel like, yeah, I don't know what would be darker if a toddler becomes like the ultimate evil of the forest or if a toddler is forced <laughs> to be re-killed by his own father. Oh, God, that's true. I'm not a parent. You're right. That is probably worse. 
Yeah, like I feel, I, I honestly, I feel like that's darker, and that also mirrors the story that Judd told. Yeah, that's a good point because everything so, has kind of mirrored everything else so far. Yeah, so I feel like that's gonna happen. So I'm not sure if Lewis dies or not because I think he might have to re-kill Gage. That's true. I think you might be right, and it also is its own version of like the bleakest thing possible if Lewis doesn't actually die has to re-kill his son loses both his wife and live with it yeah just emotionally because they're probably gonna find out about this shit and then oh I remember what I was gonna mention there was one last thing that I was gonna say also in the in the vein of yelling at Lewis um is that he as he's like rationally rationalizing his entire like quote-unquote plan he um so there's like once he drops actually there is a little section maybe we should talk about because he after he drops um ellie and rachel off at the airport he doesn't even go go back home he goes to a um a hardware store and he buys like a shit ton of grave digging shit that mm-hmm. I, I think the clerk was a little suspicious of yeah um, the clerk was like uh what do you need a like hooded lamp for yeah <laughs> and he's like uh digging up a n- nothing <laughs> digging up nothing digging up a septic tank at night so my neighbors don't see my shit that's not <laughs> a thing people do i don't think <laughs> yeah i mean i don't i don't know that's true i don't know either i just it seemed thin to me but maybe it is a thing yeah. um but that last little bit that we get as he's like clearly actually decided and is like taking steps forward he also Mm -hmm. goes and checks into a motel and he falls asleep and so as he's asleep that's when ellie is waking up on the plane screaming because he's immediately he's gonna wake up at like at sundown and go dig up gage so that's like now his actual plan he yeah and also the reason why he checked into a hotel was because he was like oh, I wish I had that, like, big car, like, our big, like, station wagon so I could hide all of my grave digging supplies from Judd because I don't think I can make it up the driveway without him seeing all of my, like, shovels in the back. Yep, 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 he's actively, yeah, 100%, like, thinking everything through. Yeah, making sure that he doesn't get stopped. Yes, for sure. Um, Although, I don't know what he's gonna fucking do when he has a toddler's body in the back of his car and has to drive back to his house because I wonder if Judd there will be some kind of last altercation with Judd too because maybe Judd ends up killing Gage oh god maybe after he killed Lewis oh oh my god there's so many possibilities there's so many possibilities Uh, everyone's gonna die well I can tell you what's not gonna fucking happen Lewis's actual plan because his plan (laughs) that he tells us is going to happen is that he thinks he's gonna wake up casually at sundown go dig up his son's body no one's gonna stop him which I don't think anyone's gonna stop him I think there's like enough enough like weird luck involved with like and like magic involved with the burial ground that I think it's gonna like everything's gonna work out to the point of him like burying Gage um so his plan is to do that to dig up Gage take him to oh my god did you hear Franklin kind of he's yowling Oh, yelling. Oh. But, uh, yes, we're going to take him to the burial ground, bury him. Um, he, because then there's obviously the whole thing of, like, 
everyone in your town went to your son's funeral. Like everyone knows that he is dead. Um, yeah. So oh, because he comes up with that like yeah. plan to start a new life. Yep. <laughs> He's yep. like, Gage is gonna come back, and then we're gonna drive to Florida. <laughs> yep. He yet again daydreams like the beginning about escaping to Orlando and working for Disney World, which is like, I don't know why this is your weird fantasy. Okay, if you want that, you should just do it and not resurrect your dead son, but just saying. But yeah, his whole plan is that he's gonna right, he's gonna pick up Gage. Gage is gonna well, he's gonna bury Gage. Gage is gonna come back. He's gonna be like, he's gonna gauge it. Bah ha ha. He's gonna like kind of watch it and be like, Oh, do I think Gage is like capable of re-entering our family? And if I do, we're going to go to Florida and I'm going to tell Rachel and Ellie, they have to come immediately. We're going to get all new papers. We're going to live as a different family and everything's going to be fine. Um, And then he's like, he even says too, he's like, if Gage comes back like that other kid did, then I'll just re-kill him and then I'll go to Chicago and then everything will be normal. And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. I don't think you're thinking this through. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I don't think you know how many horrifying ways this could go wrong. And I don't think, even if that exact plan did happen, you think you are just going to casually re-enter your family after having brought your son back to life and killing him again after also finding out that he is some sort of demon. How is that going to, that's not, it's just not going to work. Yeah. (sighs) I mean... You see how far Lewis has descended at this point. Yeah, true. <laughs> into madness because you're like, no, like person in their right mind would think these things, and then not stop themselves. You know, like we all have self control for and like rational thought for like you know, and we might think crazy things, but. Like at some point we also like stop ourselves. Lewis has right. definitely passed that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of like what you were saying earlier of like, yeah, I can eat a whole bowl of candy and like make myself sick. I'm also not gonna like eat until I die because of this candy. Or yeah. you or know, they're like, like eat one piece of candy that I know is poisoned. Right. Yeah. If I'm told numerous times this candy is poisoned, don't eat it. It's like, oh great, I'll eat all the other Sour Patch Kids. That's fine. Oh, man. Well, strap in, folks, for next time we'll have (laughs) the the horrors. (laughs) All the horrors. The horrors that are to come. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. We hope you all had the creepiest Halloweens. Yes, and we're bringing you creepier post-Halloween, so you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome for officially extending Halloween. Yeah, and I I know I said this last time, but I am coming back with Halloween Advent. I'm in Woo-hoo! my costume right now. <laughs> oh, you take a little pics right now? I'm gonna take a pic as soon as I get off this call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this annoying call. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we will let you go. I will roll us out with. Uh, thanks for listening guys we are on social media if you want to see Julia's advent costume that she is in currently that um, is a mystery but also she said earlier in the episode we're on Instagram at paranormal captivity pod 
and Twitter as Paranormal Cat or Paranormal Pod. Um, that was Rocky. We actually, I just updated our merch, you guys. There is actually Ooh. fanny packs now. I am dead. I have already ordered one. I will wear it as a zombie. Yes, 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 yes. Um, So that's exciting. If you want to go there, um, I think the link is in, I think the link is still on our Twitter page, Um, but you can also go with this short link that I made, bit.ly slash paranormal shop. That should be it. And yeah, we'll let Julia go and take her pick. Take my pick. Yeah. Yes. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.